welcome to Merrickville. <laughs> oh, Sydney. Do you remember this voice? Well, it's been a while, guys, but I remember the last phoner I did before I left uh, was Has Your Mum Made It Hard For You? And Liam took it the wrong way. Remember? He got all embarrassed. And we had to ask him, Has your mum ever made it hard for you, Liam? Nice to have you back, Lawrence. Oh, oh, Sydney, you better buckle down. It's happening right now. I'm never going to tell you. It's that what we're telling you. Is it happening? I didn't expect it to happen this quickly. (laughs) Great to have your company, Sydney. Great to have the great man back all the way from Malta. Malta, Cafinti, if you're listening from Malta. I think we have to dump. Hello. No. We got Cafinti. You can uh, can also say bonjour is is hello in Malta. But uh, the the reason we went was my sister-in-law was turning 50. Her family's from Malta. So we gathered in Malta and, and... I was thinking, oh, this could go either way, you know, big family gathering, all of her relatives, all of our family, and we've got relatives in the UK that also joined us. So about 100 people joined in Valletta, and it was awesome, standing (laughs) in the pool, drinking beers, you know, 20 of us around, just surrounded by family, going out together. It was great stuff. But you realise, you know, I, I have been called a loose unit. Yes, uh, yes. I was actually going to ask you that. Is is how does <laughs> how does Malta deal with a degree of looseness? Is it one of those countries where they, you know, they have you know fairly relaxed society? I think they, that's laws and. <laughs> I didn't see a policeman. Uh, oh, or lucky. woman the whole time. <laughs> lucky I was there. For you. And it's running. the Mediterranean way. The cops don't turn up until someone is dead. Okay, <laughs> they, they don't say, "Hey, pick up that paper," or yeah. "You can't drink on the street." The you know the carabinieri or whoever they are roll up when someone gets shot. Right, and they stand around and go, "Well, that's bad." So uh, <laughs> you discover who uh, where where you are in the pecking order because I've yeah. got two brothers and uh, I'm the youngest and I, I'm not the loosest. Really? Oh no, there's a Mooney no. worse than the Moon yeah. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen, my my next brother up, he was um, he was run over as a child. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, Back back in the sixties, back in the sixties, they used to, to, you know, test neurological damage. They used to flick in front of the child, just go, "You okay, son? Yeah, he's right to go home." Mum reckons the same little boy never came home, so we reckon he's got an acquired brain injury. And what the effect that that has had? Please tell me this gets. He's incredibly charismatic. He's the, you know, he's like the life of the party. He doesn't stop. He's he doesn't suffer hangovers. He can <laughs> just what? go forever, and people are just electronically drawn to him. As a result, he's very successful in his given business. He's a very successful businessman, but he is the loosest of the units. Really, I find it hard. And that, it seems like believe it, it's like oh, I reckon some of what you're doing there might be illegal in most countries. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But Is he it, doesn't hide any of his nefarious activities either. What so do you I, mean? Oh. So he's he's pretty. He doesn't have a filter. Let's let's just no, let's, no, we don't need to incriminate Stephen. Well, just hey, what happens in Malta stays in Malta. Yeah. Unless Lawrence says it on the radio back yeah. in Australia. That's right. I mean, there's I think there's radio laws here where you can't yeah, say okay. sort of things. Good. You know, if there was a dwarf walking around a party with a silver <laughs> tray and it had some, yep, yep, refreshments, Steve wouldn't make any. <laughs> He wouldn't waste his time without getting involved. <laughs> Sounds like a mad Monday. <laughs>
Every day's a mad Monday for Steve. <laughs> so he's the loosest unit in the, yeah. in the moon and family. So, and I, I enjoy myself and have a great time, but he makes me feel really straighty 180. And to try and compete with him Jeez. is just bad. Mez, you'd be the Stephen Jeez. in your family, wouldn't you? No, I'm not. You're not the Stephen really? either. No, no. You're not the Steve. No, not really. No, I'm, I'm actually... There's only two of you. Yeah, the, I've, I've got an older brother, Beachley. And Beachy's a great bike. Was he but... run over? <laughs> no, no. But here's the thing: I've been run over. I've been run really? over by car. I've been run over twice. I got run over only a few years ago. Did it I, did, I got, I got run over. Well. Didn't Wait, I got run over in 2010. I got hit by a car, and I woke up the next day, and I'd been drinking. I woke mm-hmm. up the next day after uh, Collingwood won the grand final, and I was covered in bruises really badly. And I said to my brother, I said, Jesus, mate, have a look at my hip. And it's just black all down the side. Oh. He goes, yeah, he goes, that's where the car hit you. Oh. And I went, what? I said, what do you mean what? the car? And he goes, yeah, you got run over last night, mate. Do you don't remember? And I went, no. And you're not the Stephen in your family? No, I, no I'm not. I don't even so know if beach. it's I don't know if it's but, Beach. He, he's, my brother is a very... Is it your mum? I think it's mum. <laughs> yeah. I know mum's listening right now. Mum. You're Steve. You're the Steve. You're, <laughs> You're the Steve. You are the Steve. In the Watts family. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mum, like, if there's an opportunity to have a few drinks and chuck yourself in a pool. My mum's 77. She'd chuck yeah. herself in a pool. She's that loose unit. She'd throw somebody's dog in the pool. She'd throw mm. furniture in the pool. Casual nudity. Oh, Doesn't... not even casual. No. <laughs> Formal. Utterly informal. Formal nudity. Formal nudity. <laughs> informal nudity. Semi-formal. Un- <laughs> totally unwanted nudity. So there's one in Isolated every family. Isolated nudity. Yeah. And my, and Steve is my mum, oh. right? Well, you know, because normally Steve. it's the middle child, but of course there's only two in your family. Yep. For the middle child, you've got to keep your eye on. You well, mum is the middle child, <laughs> right? But uh, you no, that you know, like they they're electric people. But you turn your back on them, they are up a tree naked yeah. with a bottle of vodka. Yeah, that's my mum. That's yeah. my mum. One triple three five three. Who's the Steve in your family, and why? How did they earn the title of Steve? How how have they become the loosest member in your family, the one you've got to keep an eye on? Because I'm only telling the story because Steve's still in Sardinia somewhere, <laughs> just <laughs> ripping it up. <laughs> Somebody's going to be sore for tomorrow morning. Oh, what? Nothing. One triple three five three. Give us a call. Who's the Steve in your family? Who's the loose unit, and why? Who's the Steve in your family? Mm. Because you would just assume naturally, and that would be fair. That uh, Lawrence Mooney is the loosest unit in the Mooney family. Wrong. Mm. It's Wrong. Steve. Because Steve's the man. Brain damage. <laughs> well, yeah, he got hit by a car. Oh, and, and just quickly on that, when he got hit by a car, nowadays everyone would wait for the ambulance to arrive. They were building a house opposite, and the carpenter just threw him into the back of the car and took him to the hospital. Just, Jesus. Did he? Yeah, so he was taken to the hospital by a, a tradie. In the back of a station wagon, just rocking around with a power saw and a couple of chisels. There you go. Yeah. And, an and he is. He's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to meet Steve Mooney. He's oh, a lovely it? bloke. You would thoroughly enjoy his company. He'd talk yeah. the leg off a chair. He'd kill you, though. But he's I mean... not right. No, he'd kill you quick as look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Got Brody in Dural. G'day, Brody. How's it going? Yeah, really good, mate. All right. Who's the uh, who's the Steve in your family and why? Uh, look, I think similar to you, my mum. Oh, she's a loose oh. unit. Uh, she's a very, very intelligent lady. She did two degrees at Sydney Uni. Oh, she's uh, a very classy lady. Yep. But as mm. soon as we go to a pub for any form of gig, uh, she has half my drinks. Uh, she gets up on the tables and dances no. with yep. the, probably the, man- the manager of the pub. Oh. And... <laughs> 
if there's a stay there, guarantee you she will she will crowd surf. And she's in her mid fifties with she's... some very bad arthritis, I should add. But right. no matter what, without fault, she she will she will get up and no good. What's mum's name? Oh. Catherine. Catherine. Kath. Kath just knocks back Kath a few osteo. Kath knocks back half a dozen osteoes. Shelves yeah. them yeah. and then goes out and just parties the nasty. Quickest way to help, isn't it? <laughs> no? Okay, sorry, Brody. I'm saying this about you. We're really sorry. sorry. We said your mum shelves pills. <laughs> <laughs> well, not pharmaceutical variety, Loz. Yeah. I mean, you know, not shelving, shelving. We never suggested. Catherine did anything illegal, <laughs> just in most slightly. Okay, let's get to Gordon. Okay, let's move right along. <laughs> I, Thanks, Brody. Thank you, Brody. He has hung up on himself yep. and has found himself a new show to listen to. Gordon in Campbelltown, hello. How are you, mate? Very good indeed. All right, who's the Steve in your family? Well, it's my brother, Keith. Uh, but first of all, uh, for Loz, um, yeah, one of the best runs ashore I ever had when I was in the Navy was in uh, Valletta in Malta. One oh, of the best letter. what's you Runs ever ashore. had when he went when he went oh, ashore. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah, yeah we uh, I was uh, uh, cross decking with uh, the British Navy on submarines and we pulled into the letter. One of the best runs ashore I've ever had in anywhere in the Mediterranean. Can you get a bit loose there, Kenny Gordon? Oh, mate, you've no idea how loose it was. I, I was like a goose. Yeah. See, it's it's such a good. It seems like it's such a good place for Lawrence Mooney Malta because Just it's so contained. By... So many Mate, people. Man, they you need encourage to go you to be a Phoenician. And experience it. You, you, you will not understand until you experience what it's like. I'm very multi curious now. I've become very. Yeah. I mean, I've always enjoyed the small chocolate treats that they've made, but yeah. now <laughs> um, it's oh, you've you no idea the lifestyle and everything. Mate, it's great. Yeah, okay, it's terrific. So, tell anyway, us Gordon works for flight we centre. Yes, uh, my brother Keith. When we were kids, uh, because of Dad's job, we were living in England at the time. Now, at the time, uh, we actually uh, we're expat South Africans. We grew up there. And, of course, elephants are as much revered in Africa as they are in India. Uh, my brother came across a circus, three elephants. And they were all chained to a big pole or something. Mm, I don't know how he geez. did it, but he managed to get them loose. Oh, and he walked them down to the beach at Southampton and uh, got them playing in the beach. Oh, Keith. Keithy. Oh, Keith. You are a loose unit. <laughs> was Keith, oh, Keith, Keith is our Troy. Gordon, <laughs> Gordon, is, did Keith ever get run over by a car? No, but uh, when he was younger, if there was a locked door on the way, he would headbutt it till it opened. <laughs> oh, Keithy, you <laughs> are a champion. What does Keith do for a living? Uh, well, like me, he's now semi-retired. Uh, he has his own small handyman business, and uh, he installs things like you know air conditioning. Mm. I believe he doesn't use a mallet or a sledgehammer. No, he just uses his head, head to you know, make a hole head. in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get a sledgey. No, just get Keith. Yeah. Keith just get he just rams his head in head battering ram. Uh, thank you for that, Gordon. We've got Craig in Liverpool. Hello, mate. Hey, mate. How are you? Very good indeed. All right. Who's the Steve in your family, the loosest well, unit and why? I'm the loosest unit from day one, mate. I was born in the toilet. My mum didn't know she was pregnant, so all my brains went down the shitter, mate. Oh. That is not the call <laughs> I was expecting. So, hold on. When when did your mum give birth to you and you actually ended up in the toilet? Yeah, mate. Head first down the toilet, man. Wow. Yeah, okay. pretty embarrassing, man. It, yeah. Okay. It's a water birth of sorts. That is. <laughs> what? Yeah. So... <laughs> okay. I, I've got a few questions. And are you in the plumbing business by any chance? <laughs> no, mate. No, I'm not in the plumbing industry. 
Craig, this is the most thrown I've ever seen Merrick and Lawrence. I I know, it's bizarre. Your mum had you and you fell into a toilet. Did she just go, toilet duck, look at that. Uh, Yeah, that's shit. That shit in no freaking next minute, there I am. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the world. (laughs) Well, I suppose you get baptised straight away, don't you? (laughs) Great to have Lawrence Mooney back in the chair. Which means that the off-air conversations just are back as well. Oh. And, 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 question, oh, just. and answer to your question about Malta, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> just, I enjoy the career-ending conversations we have off-air sometimes. And we've got new software here at Triple M too, so we need to be very careful off-air. <laughs> Oh, we're, everything we say off air, of course, is just jokes. We're Facebook live in this, by the way, Lost. Just oh, jokes. Oh, far out. Now, there's been a lot mm. happening, as we heard in the news, happening in the Senate. Uh, there's, you know, all about Pauline today, but uh, we're still wondering where Barnaby's from. Yeah. Uh, he shocked us all by being a New Zealander, being a bogan in sheep's clothing. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, we've got unfettered access to the Prime Minister's voicemail, so let's find out what the PM thinks. Hello, it's the Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, speaking. This dual citizenship debacle was funny when it was happening to the Greens because they're a bunch of filthy hippies, but now that it's engulfed my own party, I'm sick of it. Barnaby Joyce is a New Zealander, for Christ's sake. I mean, I always thought he looked a bit weird. After all, his head does look like it's made out of pork crackling. Mm, and it'd go nicely with a little bit of apple sauce. Tell me where you'd rather be from and leave a message. G'day, Turnbull, you writhing silkworm, half-baked, mealy-mouthed, loafer-wearing, back-flipping, soft-shoe-shuffle, light-in-the-loafers knob. Lazarus speaking. <laughs> I wish I was from New Zealand. I'd love to be able to perform the haka, be traditionally tattooed on me face, sing crowd house songs, and then squish your tiny head, you maggot. <laughs> Lazarus. Oh, hi, Mr. Trembles. It's Jackie Levy speaking, Mr. Trembles. I miss you, Mr. Trembles, because I don't have any other friends in Canberra except Nick Xenophon. He really bores the crap out of me. I wish I was from the mystical world of Xanadu, a place of idyllic magnificence and beauty where the astral plane of consciousness is one of continuous euphoria, which is very different to being locked in a woodshed in the back box of Tassie. Very, very different, Mr. Trembles. Shaggy. Hello, Malcolm. It's uh, Rudy Vanderstone speaking, the stereotypical Dutch character from Medicville. Martha and I have just returned from a tantric six multiple orgasm retreat up in the Blue Mountains. Uh, anyway, uh, sometimes I wish I was from Belgium yeah, because they have a beautiful mellifluous accent just like the Dutch and uh, they have the chocolate too. It's, it's Rudy, Rudy Vanderstone. Uh, I've just uh, been uh, at a sex retreat. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Malcolm, it's Pino. Sometimes I wish I wasn't even from planet Earth, Malcolm. I wish I was from Uranus. Oh, out on the farthest reaches of the solar system, the big blue boy, Uranus, orbiting around in the darkness. Ooh, Uranus, not Neptune. Uranus, not Jupiter or Saturn or Neptune or any of the others. Uranus, send a rocket ship right into Uranus. It's Pino. Pino. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mark Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians 
are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people, and paying their taxes. So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor, a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick, I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Lawrence Mooney with me this afternoon. Great to have you back, Loz. You've been on a, mm. a uh, look, I'm not going to lie, he's been in rehab. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know that song, Mustang Sally? Yeah. Well, I, I have changed the words to Cocaine Cassie. <laughs> cocaine Cassie, you better slow your cocaine down. Is that what you've been working on for the last yeah. three weeks? Yeah, that's what I've been doing. You know what? That's cocaine worth it. Now, baby. Is that holiday yeah. now a tax write-off because you've come up with that? You better slow your cocaine down. Loz might have brought something back through customs. <laughs> I've got headphones for everybody. Uh, Loz, there's a bit of news in Sydney today. Yes. A Sydney School of Entrepreneurship has been mm. opened. Uh, they're oh, essentially yeah. looking to find the next Mark Zuckerberg or Richard Branson here in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Oh, I will laugh when they go out of business, the entrepreneurial <laughs> school. Entrepreneur school? Yeah. Because so, if you were going to be an entrepreneur, why would you open a school? Exactly. It's like, what? why wouldn't you? Exactly. So here's the person. The person who came up with the idea for entrepreneur school, right, mm. is an is entrepreneur. A is an entrepreneur. an entrepreneur. Yeah, I don't know, but they're an entrepreneur and they think they're going to make money out of entrepreneur school. Well, mm. you're going to be stoked with the fact that the state government's poured $25 million into it. Of course yeah. they have. Yeah. Of it's course like... they have. That's their taxpayer money and it should go into that and that will come from tolls. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah. So... It's like going to see your careers teacher though. It's like, you're a teacher. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Remember they asked you what, what Loz, when you went to the careers teacher oh. for the first time and they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? What did you say? I don't know, but they said you should join the Navy. They just gave me <laughs> stuff about the Navy. Right. I said I would like to be a lawyer. And literally the careers advisor laughed at me and went <laughs> like that. And then went, Mary, you should, you should aim a little lower. Told me to aim a little lower. And I went, what are you talking about? Lawyers are the lowest. Oh, yeah. the worst. Can you give me some literature on how to become a careers teacher? <laughs> <laughs> Shout you out to all the careers teachers listening. You are literally one below the woodwork teacher. In oh, fact, you're oh. below ceramics. <laughs> you, you have nothing on mosaics. <laughs> well, I've prepared an entrepreneur quiz for you gentlemen this afternoon. Awesome. Bit of a quiz here. All right, your, uh, your name is your buzzer. So jump on in these... Uh, Hang on a second. What's an entrepreneur quiz? Well, you're about to find out. All right. Can we have, can we have famous drug importers as our buzzers? <laughs> sure. I'll be cocaine Chappelle. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cassie Chappelle. Let's do this. All right, here we go. Okay. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was the first creation of which entrepreneur? Chappelle. Cocaine Cassie. Oh, I heard Chappelle first. Oh. Walt Disney. Correct. Ooh. One point to Chappelle. He uh, wasn't a. He wasn't a bloody. Yeah, he was entrepreneur. He was because he said I thought a, he was a Nazi. He was. <laughs> it was both those things. Yeah. I mean, technically, yeah. they're not Goebbels, mutually exclusive. Goebbels was an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, <laughs> now, because he because he uh, he made Disneyland. That was the the kind of the big. He made theme parks like proper yeah. theme parks as entrepreneur. Okay. Okay. Uh, one zero. Michael Fassbender and Ashton Kutcher have both depicted which famous entrepreneur in biopics? Cocaine Cassie. Yes, Cocaine Cassie. Steve Jobs. Correct. 
Or yeah, Jobbies, I... as his friend called him. <laughs> jobbies. <laughs> hey, Jobbies, you're working on your computer, are you, you nerd? Bang. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just sitting there going, call me Jobbies all you like, I'm going to make billions. Okay, oh, Jobbies. Oh, yeah, right. right Out jobbies. of a computer. <laughs> 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 One all. Okay, entrepreneur quiz. Here we go. Which world famous? Now you got to listen here. There's an audio grab. Which world famous entrepreneur do we associate with this moment? I tell you what. Any boss who sacks anyone, Chappelle. Not turning up yes, and die Chappelle. Is a Alan Bond. Alan Bond is correct. Because that's Bob Hawke talking about the Australia Cup victory in the 80s. America's Cup victory. Uh, what did I say? Australia's, Australia's Cup. Cup. Yeah, it was the same thing. It was ours, wasn't it? We won it, so yeah. it was ours. Okay. Not the Americas anymore if we won. Mm. Chappelle leads 2-1. Here we go. Oprah Winfrey, born in 1954 and grew up in extreme poverty. Now, you both get a guess at this. To the nearest million, what is her current net worth? Chappelle. You both get a guess, so, yep. Yeah. Uh, to the nearest million? To the nearest million, what is her net worth? One point two five three billion. Okay. Oh, that is very good. I was going to go one point two bill, so I will go one point four billion dollars. Uh, Cocaine Cassie gets the points. Uh, oh wow, what's she worth? She's worth three point one billion dollars. Oh, really? Mm. Wow. I'd marry her for less than that. <laughs> I'd do things to her for a lot less. What than would that. You, What would you do? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Cocaine Cassie. No, 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 no. Pull the trackies down. We can't. We can't. Cassie. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. We can't talk about that on radio. So Why I'm, are you I'm drawing gonna... a picture of a motorboat? <laughs> or is that a jet ski? <laughs> it's, it's anything she wants. I've lost track of the score. It's a facial bar. Okay, it's here one. we go. It's two all. Yep. Okay, two all. <laughs> Who gets the point? Okay, I don't right. know. Okay. <clears throat> oh, it's a tea bag. I'm going to make a pot of tea. <laughs> Next question. Name two of Jeffrey Edelston's wives. Chappelle. Okay, Cassie. Oh, well, Chappelle got in first. Uh, Britt and uh, Gabby. Oh. Correct. Any thought? Any, Leanne Nesbitt was the first one. Oh, we all remember Leanne yeah. Nesbitt. All right, three, two. Which fictional character does what? Richard Branson cite as an inspiration? Cocaine Cassie. Oh, go for it, Cassie. No, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> As if she's a virgin. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay. Where did that come from, Liam? Why'd you say that, mate? I don't know. Jeez. Flaps up. Oh, that's what okay. they say on a plane. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this is the final question <sighs> because we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> okay. Oh. So good being uh, which entrepreneur released this ad? You can't it... even say it properly. What is it? <laughs> yeah. it's an, they're what is entrepreneurs. It? From, no, what, an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. pooper. Which entrepreneur? Which Australian entrepreneur released this ad in the 1980s? Chappelle. Dick! It's dick, mate. It's all dick. It's dick everywhere. You can hear the dick in that. Can I remember Get the dick he... out of your ears and answer and give me the correct buzzer. He brought out a whole range of yeah. That's he brought out a whole range of foods too, didn't he? he mm-hmm. There was dick peanut butter. Uh, he brought out some cheese. <laughs> Aussie might. Yeah. Yeah. Dick might. Uh, <laughs> it was called Aussie might. It was called Liam. Aussie might. 
Lawrence? No, no, the cheese. <laughs> what do you call his cheese, like? I think it's <laughs> been really good to have Lawrence back. It's been really good to have Lawrence back. <laughs> we have it. to say goodbye. That was tasty. All right, <laughs> no, see you later, we'll guys. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Double ender. Ah, welcome to Merrickville. It is time for this. Life is pain. Very ouch. My sister wanted the scissors, so she came up and grabbed them. And I snatched them back, and then she stabbed me in the eye with them. <laughs> Everybody hurts. Welcome to Merrickville's Hurt Locker. Sometimes. Special edition today. Today is a part of the body I've selected teeth because my two children uh, one is eight and one is almost six and they are both getting wobbly teeth uh, my little boy Wolfie has already lost one of his uh, two of his teeth down the bottom but he's got a couple of wobbly ones up top and we're just like for weeks they're just taking forever and ever and I was so I've been doing it <laughs> hey let's let's play basketball inside and he goes oh yeah that'd be cool Dan we'll play catch and I'm just strunging like, it really hard to try and you know, surely you, skills. surely you, knowing you as, as not only a person, but as a father, have approached the idea of the old piece of string around a door handle yeah, and slam it shut. Have already tried that. Right. Um, got cavity sliders. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and let's be honest, that was the second suggestion because your first was definitely you stand behind daddy's motorbike. We'll yep. tie the tooth. Yeah. To the piece of string, the other piece of string to the motorbike, and daddy yeah. will accelerate. My dad did it. My dad tied my tooth to the door. Like, mm. that's the thing, like, you hear it as a myth. And my man went, no, we'll do that. We'll do that. But to be honest, though, it was well and truly, I think it, I was only a very young boy, and I think it was well and truly out by that stage anyway. You know, it was it was hanging on by a thread, literally. But <laughs> teeth accidents, right, my brother's little boy. The, the phones have already lit up, by of the way. Of course they have. People needed no encouragement. Um. Okay, I'll tell you why. Triple M. That's why. <laughs> So my brother's little boy, Ike, he's a great kid, but he, he lost his uh, front teeth in a horrible trampolining accident. Fortunately for him, they were his little baby teeth. Mm-hmm. He didn't lose his adult teeth. But he, he did the classic, oh, look, there's a trampoline. Oh, look, I'll leave my dentist behind. Bang. Oh. And just left his dents right on that. Boom. Snapped them. Broke them. Like, not even, like, whacked them out. Oh, Sna- that's, that's bad. Snapping's the worst, Yeah. Mate. You don't want to snap. You want the out. You want to punch them out. <laughs> But don't snap don't him break, in half. He broke him off the poor little brother. Yeah. Hard as nails. This kid, my brother's boy, is, he's just like, he's built of steel. Yeah, I don't think you need to test it, though, by snapping the teeth in half. No, we're not doing any more. I okay. said after oh. that, I said, I don't reckon we should do any more. My brother's like, yeah, man, so I think you're right. You know, speaking of teeth, you know, uh, Tom, producer Tom. Has he got teeth as well? He's not, he's got teeth. <laughs> he's still got a baby tooth. Oh, what a grub. What a disgusting He's 29 grub. years old and he's still got a baby tooth in his mouth. Oh, very rarely do I ever feel sick, but that has made me feel ill. Yuck. And he's got a girlfriend too, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. And she puts parts of her body okay. in parts of One, his triple, mouth. Okay, one, triple, three, five, three. No, I'm talking about, like... you know, kissing, mate. Settle down. But that's disgusting. What a We're doing hurt... We've already had a call on Hurt Locker about losing teeth. Remember yeah. when we did fruit? That was incredible. Somebody at a work site froze a piece of fruit, threw it to one of his mates, and he said, catch this fruit in your mouth. Didn't know it was frozen. Bang. Teeth. Broke his teeth, snapped them. Like, whoa, that's not pleasant. So many calls. One triple three five three. Today, give us your most inventive, the most, I suppose, surprising stories yeah. we're going to go for yeah. today. If you're calling up to say that your dad pulled your tooth out by tying a piece of string to the door handle, we don't want to hear it. Unless it had, like, the door was, <laughs> I don't know. 
attached no, okay. to a semi-trailer. That would be good. I'd take that. <laughs> We're asking you if you've, in any way, you've had something to do with the Hurt Locker and your teeth. Now, either it could be pulling them, it could be knocking them out, it could be anything. But we just heard Tom, who works here. He, how old is he? 29? Oh, yeah, about He's got that. a baby tooth. Mm. Ugly Phil just walked in. He's 54. He's got a baby tooth in his face and he showed me. It made me feel a bit sick. <laughs> He's also got a baby peen, but I don't want to talk about that either. <laughs> It's not, that's not appropriate for the radio. Shane. Merrick, be what? respectful. That tooth has been doing radio for longer than you and I combined. It's true. It has to. Oh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shane in Oran Park. Hello, mate. G'day, boys. How are we? Very good, good indeed. All right. Hurt Locker, teeth edition. Yeah, mate. Um, thanks about, my parents spent about $10,000 uh, getting my teeth straightened when I was young. Yep. I uh, decided to go to uh, cricket training one Thursday night after having braces removed and everything else. Uh, walked into the nets without a helmet on. Oh. Uh, left um, Chinaman, bowler, came in and um, off the top edge as I oh. went to back the ball everywhere. Um, straight into the top part of my mouth, knocking out my four front feet. Oh. Uh, beyond repair. Stitches, um, yeah. Not a great sight. Oh. All the players, all the players wanted to do actually was come up and have a look at my mouth full of blood as I was walking out of the net. <laughs> it wasn't a good night. Four teeth after all that work. So how much did it cost to get them done after you've, if you'd spent 10, your parents had spent 10 K getting them done the first time. Then the second time, how much did it cost to, to get your yeah, choppers it's back? Cost me, it's cost me a lot since Merrick. It's, it's hard to put a finger on it, but it's at least that plus more. Let but, me guess, Shane, you're not a homeowner. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> but the good news is you can eat all the smashed avocado you like because your teeth don't need to worry about getting damaged. It's funny. Uh, my four-and-a-half-year-old now comes up to me and says, Daddy, can you take your teeth out? Oh, yeah. So, oh. I just take them out with no teeth. Oh, and it's so weird when you're a kid and you see your parents remove their teeth and you go, oh, you're a creature. Uh, Gavin in Windsor, hello, mate. How you doing, man? Yeah, very good. All right. We're talking about teeth here for Hurt Locker today. Um, when I was 17, I had a friend that we was an apprentice for NRMA. I lived in the country, and um, he'd get a phone call on the occasion, hey, look, a four-wheel drive's bog at the dam, go and get him. So we went across, and it was just on dusk. So we're trying to find this because the dam's massive. We're trying to find him. Eventually, we find him, and instead of going back around the track, we've gone across a dam. And um, there was no, that was a, an old Dodge tow truck. There was no seat in the passenger seat, uh, no seatbelt. Mm. Um, we've gone over a jump. The oh. thing stopped dead. I've hit the dash, split my head open, smashed the back window with the back of my head, and then hit the gear stick with me, with me front teeth. Oh. I, I shattered my teeth in my mouth. Um, I've got up and gone, oh, wow, my lip's bleeding. And just as I've done that, I've looked down and my teeth were still in the gear stick. Oh. <laughs> that is the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Gavin, Sorry. some people some people used to have novelty yeah. gear sticks, right? And they put like a little red back there or maybe a scorpion. Or an you, eight ball. You, yeah, you, you've just put your teeth there. That's novel. Yeah. That's very novel. You left it. So yeah. you saw your teeth. Now, did they have the root sticking out or they just snapped no, no, off? They, 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 they snapped straight off. Oh. Oh. So I was chewing on bits of teeth and there was teeth still stuck in the gear stick. Oh. Oh. Gavin, you still Gavin. got the gear stick? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you missed the chance. Actually, 15 years later, I went and fe- I saw the same vehicle because it was still there and the marks were still in the gear stick. But the teeth are gone. Who took the teeth, Gav? Tooth fairy. We, we pulled them out that, that afternoon. And oh, what right. did you do? Did you try and glue them back in? What do you do with broken teeth like that, Gav? No, it was uh, just 
We just left it out. It was all, they were shattered into pieces. Oh, Jesus, Gav. That's <laughs> my, friend, my friend's lost his brain, and I've gone, well, think about it, man. If I would have missed that and it hit me nose, I'd be dead in the, in the seat. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the, the bone would have gone up into your brain. It's a bit yeah. of silver lining there. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you find positives, Gav, in losing your face. Gav's a, Gav's like a gear stick half full kind he of guy. Is. <laughs> <laughs> He's a gear stick mouth, half mouthful <laughs> kind of guy. Uh, got Anthony and DY. G'day, mate. How are we going, Cobbers? All right, very good indeed. We've heard a couple of interesting stories about teeth. Let's uh, round it out with your tale. Well, um, back in the day, mum and dad had me in uh, school camp, holiday camp, and um, we are playing indoor soccer in the basketball court. So um, I was running around like a you know headless chook trying to impress the chicks, running flat out to try and save a ball. Just looking at the ball, everyone stopped. I'm still running flat out. I turn around, whack, straight into the back wall of the basketball, of the basketball arena. Knock myself cold, four teeth broken, two through my bottom lip, oh. and uh, then I wake, I wake up to uh, all the camp leaders not knowing what to do and blood just everywhere and <laughs> some some teeth. Whoa. When you say through your teeth, it, you go know, through your lip. It, the teeth go through and then out the other side of your lip, so it's kind of like it's you know like a clamp on like a jewelry box. You just got, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just go. I'm oh, just gonna button this mouth down. Oh yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. What the ladies think, Anthony? Do you have any luck on that camp? Uh, mate, I think they laughed at me, not with mm. me. Mm. Right, what was the damage? Obviously, you know, <laughs> facial. But uh, what yeah. was the financial other than the facial damage? Oh, well, mum and mum and dad have still got me um, picking up dog poo and uh, washing their cars on a Sunday. Okay, and I'm 36. <laughs> Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Gary Megan, and I do a little show on Podcast One called A Plate to Call Home, and it's about fascinating people all centred around food. This is a show for foodies, but it's more than that. It's a show about the people and the stories behind food. I think you know that I'm obsessed by food. Everything in my life revolves around it, and I love nothing better than to spend a little time talking about people that are equally as passionate, sharing their stories, and getting to know what makes them tick. It's called A Plate to Call Home, and it's available on the Podcast One app or on podcastone.com.au. This Sunday, would you like to be doing this? Merrick's Tourie of a Brewery. If you don't drink beer with food, I borderline think you're Al-Qaeda, frankly. Perhaps a bit extreme, Miss. Too much? Merrick's taking you to Wayward Brewing Company Sunday, August 20, 104.9 Triple M. Only radio presenter probably in the world that has a consistent promo for this show that has the words <laughs> Al-Qaeda in it. What does that say, Sydney? I blame you. On Sunday, Al-Qaeda will not be invited. <laughs> We're going to Wayward Brewing Company in Camperdown. There's going to be about a dozen of us. We're going to go around the brewery. And uh, Peter Phillip, who's the brewmaster there, is going to take us on a tour of the brewery, and then we're going mm. to do some sampling. Only two so, more chances to get on board as well. Oh, is that it? Yeah, There's the spots two. are filling up. Good times. Um, I'm really looking forward to this tour. Now, uh, today, I would like to open up the phones to talk tours, and it's really broad. You might have been on a sports tour, and something oh, might have okay. happened. okay. Nothing grubby, because we know. No, no, no. I don't want to hear grubby footies no. club stories. No. I've, I've, I've 
heard enough of them. Well, you can call up and you can tell them to our producer, Maddie. They won't be going to wear and you no. won't be coming to the tour. Yeah, yeah. But maybe like, uh, you know, uh, if you're in a, in a band and you went on tour around the country and you get a funny story about the Tarago breaking down, uh, I don't know. Maybe you're a tour guide. Maybe you're a tour guide for Kentucky. Oh. That would be amazing. Maybe you were on a Kentucky tour that got a bit bit crazy. First time I ever went on a tour, I almost had this, uh, like, a, a massive moment with my missus, Liam, when I was at... Uh, you took your missus on tour? No, not not on, not when I was touring myself. I mean, oh. like on a holiday tour. We went to the oh, Northern Territory, right? Right, Territory's wicked. Anyway, we went up to Kakadu and it was great. And uh, towards the end of the tour, we're on a tour bus with a whole lot of people. And uh, there's Brits there, there's some Germans, and there's you know everybody from all around the world. Anyway, uh, we were driving along this little tour bus, and there was a car stopped across the, the other side of the road. I think this is in Litchfield National Park. And there was a bit of a commotion. So the bus driver pulled over and uh, turns out somebody had run over a snake, right? Yeah. And the snake wasn't dead. It was kind of writhing and whipping around in pain. Okay. And it was a whip snake. Now, whip snakes are related to the brown snake and they're pretty venomous, right? Yep. They're not a good character. But the thing's, it's a bit half knackered. So anyway, this, yep. this English bloke gets off. He goes, oh, what are we going to do here? I mean, we've got we've got to put it down, yeah? We've got to do It's like 50-something. Like yeah, well, we've got to do the right thing and be humane about it. I'm going, oh, yeah, you'd know. Wouldn't you, Captain No Snakes? <laughs> Like, Fittinger, mate. This is the first time you've ever seen a snake that wasn't made by Allens. If that's Shut what, up. If that's what you called him at the time, that's very well done. <laughs> anyway, so Captain Brit Snake Face has just gone, oh. Snakey McNo Snake oh, Face. He's such a funny man. And, yeah. and he's just being a hero about it. Yep. And so anyway, we came to this conclusion, the entire tour bus came to the conclusion that this animal... Because the people on the other side of the road, they just driven off. Yep. As soon as we're there, they're going, oh. and this thing's whipping around. Now, knowing you like I do, I've already got a fair idea of what might happen next. So I said, have you got a shovel? <laughs> right? No, we don't have a shovel. All right, okay. Well, this is going to be tedious. And I said, okay, I'm prepared to end it here for the, for yeah. the right reasons. But I need a unanimous vote from everybody here on this tour that I, I'm not going to be criticised yep. or chastised yep. for being the person that does this. Or, and they've, and they've or, gone, no, no, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. I mean, I'd do it, but I've got no effing idea about snakes because I'm from a cold climate place where there's only one venomous snake, the adder, and it's barely venomous anyway. You so all gone, have to shut up, snake face. You all have to promise that no one's going to call Cindy Confidential and Mate, say, that's spotted Merrick Watts that's killing snakes I in the said, Northern Territory. I'll kill it if the entire tour agrees that there will be no repercussions. Right. Yes, yes, we back it. All right. So I go and get a rock because that's what is available in a national park, yeah. right? I get the biggest rock I can find. It fits in the palm of my hand, but it's a big one. Yeah. And I've got to be careful because this thing is a freaking snake. It's a snake. And it's not very happy. Yep. Right. I wait till it calms down a little bit, aim at its head, throw the rock. I've missed oh. and hit its back oh. and broken its back <gasps> again. Oh, no. And this I'm starting guy, to feel sorry for the snake. Oh, yeah, so it was all. I've gone, oh. Oh, what did Brittany McGriffface have to, to say? It. I just wanted to hit it on its head and put it out of its misery, yeah. right? I've hit it. I've made it bloody worse. So old snake face goes, what are you doing? You're meant to kill. I go, mate, what do you think I'm trying to do? This is my first time at killing a snake, full stop, and certainly the first time I've ever killed a snake or seen anybody try to kill a snake with an effing rock. Shut up. 
So then at this stage, right, this snake is not having a good time. I've gone, all right, second chance, lucky. I go and get the rock again. Yeah. I go back. The snake's really pissed off now. All I've done is aggravate it, waiting why. for it to slow down. Bang. I've ended it. And okay. then he has literally folded his arms like I'd not done the correct snake killing procedure for the epic. Mate, you are from freaking Cornwall. I, you are lucky that I don't run you over. So that was a pleasant tour. Okay. The end of the story is 300 kilometers back to Darwin. No one will talk to me. Yeah, because you killed the snake. You're a monster. I killed the snake. You're a monster. After we had a vote that I should do it. No one spoke to me. And I just and I just turned around to George and I just said, this is actual bullshit. If you still have that English bloke's contact number, I think we should call him up and get him along to the tour. I feel like oh, no, he's you a, can't. Why not? You can't. Because I killed him with a rock. <laughs> he's up there in the bush where he should be, in a shallow bush grave. Uh, I killed him with a rock. Just jokes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we should not joke about that is not, English back. That is literally the worst example I've ever given. Yeah, it's a bad tour story. But we are Stupid. after those sort of tourist stories. But yeah, better. good ones. Good ones. Yeah. If you've been a tour guide on the Kentucky and you've not killed someone with a rock. I'd love to hear some amateur band tours. Yeah, yeah, amateur band yeah. tours. They're even like on school camp tours. You know, like when school camps, yep. like, you know, in a band camp, not that I was ever in it, but, you know, you know, band camp to Hawaii or wherever. Mm. And some, maybe there's romance. Maybe there was a snake killing incident. All right. One, two, three, five, three. If you want to come along to the tour, call up, give us your tour stories. It has to be better than Mez. Georgie, if you're listening, remember, I... I Every, I cleared it with everybody. That was bullshit, that. Merrick's Tourie of a Brewery. If you don't drink beer with food, I bought one. I think you're Al-Qaeda, frankly. Perhaps a bit extreme, mess. Too much? Merrick's taking you to Wayward Brewing Company Sunday, August 20, 104.9 Triple M. Mate, seriously, there's only one more day of this, luckily, because otherwise I'm going to be put on a watch list. Nobody has said the words Al-Qaeda more often in this country outside of an ASIO employee. I actually think Pauline Hanson's going to go into the Senate tomorrow and just say that word 50 times in a row. Oh, mate, she's off a burker. <laughs> okay, Blake, in the entrance. G'day, mate, how are you? Hey, Merrick, how's it hey, going? Good, mate. Technically, on the Central Coast, is it in the entrance, on the entrance, or just the entrance? <laughs> no, mate, the entrance is a suburb. Yeah, I know, I know <laughs> I that, know but I'm saying... Had, no, I know, I know that, but how, how do you refer to it? As the entrance, or say, oh, I'm in the entrance, or I'm going up the entrance, or... Oh, uh, any, the any. Okay. All right, just thought, just, yeah, yeah I'm, well, where it is, but I just thought I'd get some clarity. Anyway, that's not what we're talking yeah, about here. Good. Shut up, Merrick. It's been a long day. It's only been two hours. Jesus. Okay, mate, uh, tell us about your tour. Obviously, going on a tour on Sunday of a brewery, and we're looking for good tour stories. Give us yours, Blake. All right, well, um, we're in uh, Florida in America, and we're just getting ready to go out on the town. Um, well, better start. We're on a rugby tour. Uh-huh. Um, under 18s, first thing all the boys did, we all bought BB guns. So anyway, we're all getting ready to go out on the town for the night in Orlando. Um, everyone's got Christmas lights, so we get out on the balcony, start shooting everyone's Christmas lights, pool signs, everything like that. <laughs> we had no idea anything was going anything was going wrong. We're just having a cool time. So we're about to um, walk out the door. I'm standing behind my buddy. As he opens the door, bang! Door comes flying open, gun drawn, police <sighs> officer there. Shoving us back in the um, thing. Boy, he's up on the wall, up on the wall. Get up. We got him. All of his, all of his. Oh, any firearms and stuff like that. So instantly, 
I'm shaking. I'm shaking straight up on the wall. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah, I mean, it must be a massive um, surprise after being using guns that somebody would come at you with a gun. I mean, that must have just blown your mind how they made that leap. Oh, I didn't even think about it. It didn't cross my mind. No, clearly not, mate. If you're shooting things with a gun and then the police come in America, and you're surprised, mate. You're lucky you didn't get shot there. Oh, absolutely, man. So, I was, um, did you face? I was shaking. Did you face charges, Blake? No, no. The um, he took our names, which I'm pretty sure was just for show or whatever. But we just got photos with the officer after he dealt with us. <laughs> but did he confiscate the baby guns? Of course. Well, he said he did, but old mate, our billet that we were with gave him back to us the next day, so he just left them with him. Were they were they pistol style BB guns or were no, they a rifle? I I had a full Winchester repeater rifle. Oh, you are joking! <laughs> like a lever action? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Jesus Christ! I'm going to America. Uh, thank you, Blake. Stay on the line there, mate. You're a chance. We've got Steve in Belmore, mate. What happened when you went on tour? Uh, what have been 1994? Uh, went on to uh, well, went, we deployed to Tonga on exercise for a month. Oh, army uh, tour. Exercise, yeah, so yep. we had uh, we had a couple of days off, and uh, we went on a bit of a tour around a few of the islands, etc. One of the boys went missing one night. Next day, we couldn't find him. We were flying out in the day, so we sort of put the word out we're looking for him. We got to him literally as he was being put up for a shotgun wedding with a priest. Whole big angry family. Mate, there were firearms there, the whole deal. It was a very close thing for that poor man. Oh, so Steve, he had had relations with a a local uh, lady and the the family's gone, either you marry her or we're going to have some fairly massive Tongan blokes have a conversation with you. Well, the the best it was, right, this guy was a, he was probably about an 18, 19-year-old country bloke who was pretty... Pretty uh, pretty dim on, on the worldly things, and yes, he uh, had relations with a Fafafini. <sighs> so he was going to marry a Fafafini? Well, he didn't want to, but mate, uh, when he found out what a Fafafini was, he freaked out, and uh, things went pear-shaped, and they were trying to trying to marry him off to the Fafa and, and get him back to New Zealand and stuff, and it was, mate, it was pretty hectic. Okay, I mean, and here we are in Australia teasing you Kiwis for Kiwis for being a bit dim-witted, but I mean, seriously, I, I think it's, I think I think it might be justified, Steve. I'm not going to lie. Mate, he was straight off the farm. I, can, I think he'd only been in probably about seven months. Yeah, hardly ever been off the farm before, mate. Very remote place. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't know much about life. No, Jesus, he learned. Yeah, <laughs> didn't know much about life or ladies, but you know, whatever. He's learning on the job, Man, and that's the, that's the important thing. Steve sounds like the kind of guy we need watching our backs at the hundred percent. Steve, always happy to have a member of the armed services, even the Kiwis, uh, on our side, mate. So we'll bring you in for the tour on Sunday if you're available. Fantastic, mate. Sales on. Again, I don't understand why children <laughs> applaud this. It is so incredibly wrong, mate. We'll see you on Sunday for a beer and a tour. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. Please sign the visitor's book at Merrickville FM on Facebook or Twitter and tell us about your stay. We might have taken that metaphor too far.